Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Carl's Roller Coaster Podcast. Hello, hello, my dear friends. How are you all? I hope this finds you and your family and your friends in great, great health and in a very happy place. I bring to you all today Mr. Steve Evatt. Steve is an American record producer who has produced music for the likes of Symphony X, The Dininger Escape Plan, Sepultura, The Cure, Story of the Ear, Every Time I Die, Ego Kill Talent, Architects, and the list goes on and on and on. I had the privilege to meet Steve last year at the 606 Studios in Los Angeles, California, the 606 Studios, basically, you know, which is the Foo Fires home, and uh, during the Ego Kill Talent album production. Steve is such an incredible guy, a very key player on the Ego Kill Talent sound and uh, production, obviously. And uh, yeah, such a great pleasure to catch up with the man, have this conversation of which we barely scratched the surface. I intend to do a part two of this conversation as we discussed during this one uh, about doing it at some time soon in the future because I'd love to talk into detail about things that we didn't talk about but nonetheless it's a very very interesting chat very cool chat very insightful chat and I hope you all will enjoy it please do subscribe share and send me your comments Send me your comments. I'd love to hear about your comments. All right. Without any further ado, with you all, Mr. Steve Evans. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Welcome to the roller coaster. Thanks, Carl, for having me. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm great, man. I'm very well. Well, you know, um, I heard of some people saying a few months ago that people were always responding when when asked, "How are you doing?" I'm doing well under the circumstances, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's you know I try to I'm trying to put a, a positive spin on it as opposed to like, well you know it's terrible but you know I'm doing the best I can which is the truth, but uh, thankfully I'm I'm uh, I'm healthy, and I'm happy. I just got married uh, a month ago to my longtime girlfriend. That's great. That's Jennifer. that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, I follow that. Um, it's about time. We've been together nine years, so I figured I might as well uh, get get a move on it. <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's uh, something that uh, I've mentioned to a lot of people uh, months ago uh, at the beginning of this. Yeah, role. that's a that's a bright spot in 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 twenty twenty for me for sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people complain about. Uh, the, this break that we all had, but I think in in many ways it's it's such a unique moment if you are in a position of which um, you know you can you can I mean you don't need to be completely worried about your finances or you don't have to be completely uh, uh, going crazy about uh, the next paycheck because such break and such peril, such time in our lives I mean we've never had this and we've probably never going to yeah, have this well, time before i mean again well, yeah we'll probably never hopefully we'll never have it again yeah but yeah i mean i do of course i worry about it because for me you know i i'm not a you know working as a 
you know, as a, an independent contractor, just the way a musician does, if that, if, if music is their only source of income, which it is for me, um, it is treacherous time. It has been a treacherous time because thankfully I've, I've pretty much been working, um, mostly, I mean, only doing really mixed projects remotely because I'm not having people in my studio. And uh, a couple of times that I was going to try and do, uh, do some production stuff. Uh, those records actually wound up canceling on me. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, I definitely, you know, it's, it's not paycheck to paycheck per se, but it is, it's project to project because that's my, I, I rely on, it's all project based work. It's usually not a, sometimes now it's for the mixing thing. It's like, um, you know, you're doing like, uh, one-off thing, a project for one mix, and that's only it takes me a day or two. You know what I mean? But in general, it's uh, uh, it's it's definitely a uh, when you're self-employed, this kind of this kind of uh, shutdown that relies on, for the most part, me me being in a room with a bunch of people. It's uh, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, it's definitely. it's been it's very it's very complicated. Did you have any interesting time? Did you have any um, back in say February, March, when obviously when March second half of March when everything got uh, completely shut down? Uh, were you? Mm -hmm. Did you have any like any productions on the pipeline that you were about to to start, oh, yeah. or were you in the I middle did. of something? I had a couple of things that were that had to get shut down. One thing I just I wound up that was supposed to do uh, the following like month. I, I wound up doing it just last month. And I did it remotely where the band was in uh, Philadelphia and I'm in, um, I'm in California. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, we wound up using this thing called Source Connect and we I basically had FaceTime for video, you know, first they could see me, but uh, we were able to, we could actually, they could, the studio they were in, they could stream the audio real time. And I would basically, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't obviously hands on, but I would produce in a more macro sense where just like, you know, the engineer that was in the studio, they're dialing in a guitar sound, I'm like uh, a little brighter, a little more mid, a little less mid, whatever. You know, I, I speak in very general terms and so because I can't actually physically reach up and dial the knobs. Mm -hmm. So it's more, it's, I had to kind of adjust the way I do it, but I'm still, you know, as far as the production, I'm still making sure the performances all feel right. And then we would do vocals and, Uh, for anybody who's unfamiliar with the process of like recording vocals, sometimes you record multiple takes of the same song and then you do what's called a comp, a, a short for composite, where it's like I have all the, the lyrics written out and I make a sheet and I, I check off the boxes and say, okay, take one, this line sounds good, take three, this line sounds good, the next two lines sound good from take four, and you basically put it together. And so when it came time to like doing the vocals, I would monitor everything that the singer was doing uh and then the the engineer like you know shortly uh, half an hour later sent me a zip file of all the vocal takes and then i would comp the vocal myself i had a, obviously the 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 drum sessions when we did the basic track so i i edited the drums i edited the takes together so i was still very involved and i still produ produced it but it was remotely it was the first time i ever did like a remote production which was a very interesting thing and I would definitely be open to it again in the future, especially knowing the, you know, the first time it was kind of a trial run and everybody in the band was pretty amazed at how well it actually turned out. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely sounds uh, with its challenges, right? Because uh, the time it's quite time consuming, I, I presume, as well for, for like, you know, getting uh, those recordings done and then those files being sent to you and then uh, back and forth and, and all of that. Uh, the, the it, it's not it's not that it's not that bad, you know, especially now because the Internet connections are as long as you have, we have I have a killer Internet connection in my studio. And the studio that they were at had a great internet connection, so it was it was relatively fast for everything. And like I said, that when I was monitoring performances and listening to stuff, it was in real time and it was in full fidelity audio, and it sounded great. And I could literally listen through my speakers in my control room, and I could make judgments based on how things sounded That's because incredible. it sounded as it just as if they were in the next room recording. What was the the, the technical aspects of the um, the live? Um, the live streaming to you. What was the, what, what sort of equipment and software were you guys using in order to? It's to just get... the, the software is called uh, Source. Uh, the company it's uh, Source Connect. Mm -hmm. So anybody's in audio, a lot, a lot of people they use that in. Um, they're doing a lot of like remote voiceover work for voice actors for cartoons and stuff like that, and for looping and certain things you can. There, you're able to literally do do stuff remotely, completely. Mm -hmm. That's that's incredible. So, yeah, because I, I I've, I've it I've, is incredible. I've known a lot of people. I've, I've known a lot of friends that tr were trying to basically do rehearsals uh, during lockdown, you mm -hmm. know, um, on from the distance. But there was always a bit of uh, the the audio would be lagging. There's latency. Latency. Exactly. No, the latency. latency yeah. Right. The latency is right, and that's the thing for, for what I'm doing. Because obviously I can't punch in in real time, but even though there is latency, I can still make decisions on everything. And the latency is very, very short, but it would be different if I was actually trying to play along with the band. Mm -hmm. Then it's different. Then we there is there is definitely latency. But for what I'm doing, it's fine. Which is a great part of, of, of what you do, isn't it, Steve? You're the kind of producer you're really hands-on. You really like to be in the studio with the band, headphones on, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. yeah. In uh, general, I mean, there's times that I'm not. It's like every I approach every record differently. I mean, like for the most part, I do like to be in there. But there's times where, you know, if the band isn't comfortable like that, then uh, I'd rather, you know, if they, they want me to just kind of lay back, that's fine too. Do you, you think know, I, I just I try to be I try to be malleable as far as like mm -hmm. what what everybody's comfortable with because I can't just be that guy who goes this is my way and this is how we do it and that's it and it's like well then that's not yeah in that, that's in that, not expanding my that's also not expanding my ability as a producer because I should be able to, to do it in various ways and still get the required result. Yeah, and I'm not doing my job if I'm not if I'm not flexible enough to to be able to do something a different way. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that's that uh, not good. You you definitely need to be um, uh, someone that can relate to a, in a very good way with a lot of different characters, right? Because you deal with people mm -hmm. constantly, and and not only people, but you're dealing with artists or or, or, or you know yeah. you're dealing with egos you're dealing with a lot of stuff that uh, working Lots with bands uh, is is always involved and for you as a producer you like you're so into um, within that group of people and, and you got to make your point you got to be able to um, raise your voice in a way that um, they accept that then they take that with 
a good regard and and not in a confrontational way. So I think that takes a exactly. lot of a, a lot of um, a lot of human and uh, well. Well, a lot of skill, basically, uh, aside from, you know, the the, techs, the technological side of things, the, the recording side aspects of the whole operation and, and the musical knowledge, but uh, there's a human side of it that is extremely, extremely delicate, and I think that a lot of people, when they look at uh, a producer, a musical, a, a musical producer, uh, they probably do not consider that aspect many times. Yeah, it's... it's uh... It's something that I developed more over time. I was always pretty good at it, but it's gotten way better over the over in, in like the last say like 15 years, 10, 15 years that I always had the I had the musical ability, I had the technical ability, but it's really just learning how to to know when to you know to pipe up, knowing when to just be quiet and let the process happen. And, you know, the ultimate result is that I'm trying to, I'm on the same side as the band, that I want to make the best record possible, you know, and uh, the best song possible, the best whatever possible. It's, it's, I'm, I'm there for the artist to make sure that what they're doing gets realized in the best way that I, I see how, or that, you know, that they're happy with. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can't, you can't just force them into a thing and it's sometimes you have to be a blunt force you know blunt object and sometimes you have to be you know cool water and just like a calm pond Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah yeah. you have to just um steve how was uh, how was uh, let me just uh, go a little bit uh backwards here now and and ask you how was uh, your upbringing and uh if you had any uh family influence in terms of your musical career not really as far as family influence. Well, my mom and dad, my mom kind of played piano a little bit. My dad uh, taught dance. He was like a dance instructor when he was in his like late teens. Uh, but like, you know, like 50s style stuff, like when they used to go to like dances, like I guess like, I don't know, he knew how to do like the jitterbug and like old school like dances, stuff like that. So I guess he he's rhythmic. Because he could always, he actually could, you know, dance to music. I can't dance, but I'm I'm very rhythmic as far as because I'm a bassist by trade. Um, uh, my sister grew up playing, learning classical piano. She was she actually took a lot, many many years of lessons. But we had a piano in our house, and I figured out how to, you know, cobble together a few. Uh, I call myself a ham and egger. They call it like it just I'm I'm very rudimentary keyboard player piano player um i don't consider myself a, a pianist at all but uh i can plink out a few like you know Beatles songs or elton john songs that's about it that's as far as it goes for me <laughs> uh but um when i was in high school uh i played keyboards in a band that was my first band ever in my high school band and then uh me and like a group of my really, really close friends growing up. I had like like four or five really, really tight friends that I, you know, knew were friends from since, you know, grade school, since like first grade. And like three of them took up bass guitar. I didn't. But and he was like trying to learn like something. I forget what it was, what song it was, but he didn't 
yeah, I'm like, no, that's not right. It doesn't sound right. But because I, I always, I guess, had an ear. I never thought about it, but I, I, I could pick up things by ear really well. Um, and I remember picking up the bass and showing him, like, wait, no, it should go like this. And he looked at me and he's like, how, how are you doing that? I'm like, I have no idea. I was, I just took the bass like immediately. I could like within a couple of weeks, I could actually, you know plunk out a few few of my favorite songs on bass or at least back then i thought that was my version of it but i i actually you know for some reason i gravitated towards bass guitar maybe because i i loved uh i loved rush and i think just hearing like those great bass lines that katie lee used to play uh have you ever adventured yourself on the vocals what's that have you ever adventured yourself on the vocal front uh i tried to sing for my first band and it didn't go very well <laughs> <laughs> so i never really did it again i can sing harmonies great i in my my uh i had a band back in like the late 80s early 90s like kind of like kind of like pop metal kind of stuff and we did a lot of vocal harmonies and uh I could, I could, I'm, I'm, I'm very good at harmonies and like I can sing as a, as a, as a background singer, but not as a lead vocalist. Right. And, uh, so what was, uh, what were the bands that, uh, kind of like got your attention as a teenager that you were like, wow. And then you really got into music and, and eventually evolved from, you know, playing in bands and performing well, was, with, yeah. It was always, from a, from an early age, it was always the Beatles. My parents were huge Beatles fans. Um, the album Rubber Soul was in my parents' uh, tape player, which was actually 8-track. I'm dating myself, but it was, uh, you know, from the, I was born in 67, so. Do you uh, think that does, that, that does still exist, that 8-track tape? Uh, no, I mean, like, there's, there's, nobody makes new ones, as far as I know. Maybe no, no, I'm, I'm just asking because I'm a collector. <laughs> I collect a lot of. You what? I am a collector. Oh, I collect, yeah. yeah, I collect a lot of the Beatles stuff, and and definitely something um, as old as that is something that I'm always interested in knowing if 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 a friend, if somebody that I know, uh, having their possession, you know. <laughs> no, I don't have. I don't have it. No, um, but. The album Rubber Soul was it basically never left my parents' uh, tape deck in, in our car. So that's my earliest musical. I literally, my that, that album is in my DNA at this point. It's incorporated into my DNA because from my earliest, first ever musical memory is, is that record. And like, I know every song on that back to front. And obviously I'm an enormous Beatles fan. And that, that, that record holds... Uh, a special place in my heart for personal reasons, but also because I think that was their pinnacle. It's like that and Revolver, which are the two, you know, two records back to back. But it's them really. The the, the Rubber Soul is the, is them really perfecting their two minute pop song song format. And then obviously Revolver, they got a little more experimental. The songs were still short, but um, they really, really just just dialed it in as far as like the, I mean, just every song on that record is just unbelievable. And they just, they, they, they were the master of that form at that point. And they had to expand. 
Yeah, I definitely, so I definitely really, love that. The Beatles were, were, were always the be-all, end-all for me. I mean, I, I love lots of different styles of music, but it always comes back to the Beatles for me. Amazing. And uh, so did you, obviously, that when when you like playing keyboard in the band and then um, eventually, you know, um, things, you know, time passed by, did you end up going to university? Did you finish high school and go to university? Or what, what was your... What was the start of the of the uh, um, musical production career? Well, the musical production career started when I was started when I was about seven. In reality, that's what got me into it. Was that I mean, I was, I was like I said, I was a music fan of the Beatles, but my parents had an old reel-to-reel tape machine that was I found it in the attic, just rummaging through, as like kids do, like you rummage through like old storage space and see what what goodies are in there and there was a there was an old reel-to-reel tape machine and i brought it down and just started playing around with it and became fascinated with recording so i think from an early on early age on and then like also just examining like the beatles records especially the early records because you know the stereo versions it usually would be like the left side would only be a vocal or a vocal and, a, and and the drums. And then the right side would be just guitar and no vocal, like stuff like that. So you could literally like listen to just one side and, and hear kind of like kind of delve in almost in a multi-track sense, delve into like the inner workings of a record and listen to it and you could hear stuff that you normally wouldn't hear just listening out as a macro as a whole. So it became fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, then, uh, being in bands and playing through high school. And then I wanted to get, uh, I got for, I think it was, um, well, I'm Jewish. So as a bar mitzvah present, I got a, a Fostex four track cassette, multi-track recorder. I, I, I took my, my, uh, bar mitzvah money and bought <laughs> wow. Bought a Fostex four track, X15 four track, and and then I thought I was gonna like, because I remember the advertisement. It was like when they first were sh- were bringing that to like one of the first like home home you know consumer things or a multi track that was designed for like amateurs to to try and start, and it literally said the advertisement showed Sergeant Pepper and said Sergeant Pepper was done on the four track, mm. so. The, the possibilities are endless. Basically, they're telling you, which the, what they didn't tell you is, you know, Sergeant Pepper was done on four track, yes, but it was done at Abbey Road Studios with, you know, all these incredible um, classic microphones and, you know, just great equipment. And just, <laughs> it's different than the Fostex X15. Yeah. Uh, but it still sparked my imagination. Like, Oh my God, I can make Sergeant Pepper on this thing. This is awesome. Like, you know, yeah. And and I got the bug and that was it. And then when my, my band, uh, got a record deal and we had, uh, we actually had money. And then I went and bought like an an eight track setup for my band so we could do our own demos. And when we recorded our, our album at the studio tracks East from Jersey, which is where I grew up, uh, I was very, I was like the first one there and the last one to leave. I was just so into it. I probably annoyed the producers of the records so badly because I was that, I was that guy in the band. Like, Hey, what's really not, you know, just trying to like 
backseat produce in other words mm -hmm. but uh, i wound up having the helping the the one producer eric uh help like mix the record and then when uh a year a year later after our our record company folded and then we were just like okay i guess we got to go get jobs i called up eric and said hey uh can i have a job hmm. And, and I started working at that studio back in oh, wow. 90, 1990 or 91. Yeah. Wow. wow and that's, that's my start cool. of it. That's really cool. I mean, before I continue on this path, but I'd like to ask you, have you listened to the, the, the remix of uh, Abbey Road and uh, Sgt. Peppers by Jules Martin? Uh, I did not particularly care for Giles's remix of of uh sergeant pepper mm. however i thought abbey road was pretty good but his remix of the white album is incredible mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think what he did on the white album whatever he did like i think like abbey road was like halfway in between like sergeant pepper was like yeah it's good but i almost think like he went tried to like get a little too cute with it mm-hmm uh, but what he did with the White Album, it's just like, because the, the White Album, he really seems like he was very, very true to the original vibe of the record, except there's like this incredible, like, beef and clarity to it. And just like this, it, it was really, it's really great. I mean, like, I thought it's like pretty incredible. And then, like I said, part, about half of Abbey Road is, is really good. Uh, I thought the Come Together is amazing. I think mm. his the remix on Come Together is absolutely fantastic. And then other ones, like I said, sometimes he gets a little too cute with it, yeah. like weird panning stuff and like stuff like that. And it's like, eh, I don't think they ever would, you know. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they Paul approves it or Paul and Ringo approve it, mm. but How like I said, you... but to, to me, the White Album is like it's like wow. Like I was never a huge. Obviously, there's great songs on the White Album, but I was never an overall huge White Album fan. Really? But I'm a massive fan yeah. of the White Album. <laughs> I love the White Album. I mean, I think back in the day, I thought like, okay, the White Album would have been an unbelievable single record, but it's just there's a little too much filler mm. for me. Mm -hmm. But I've rethought that now, and I really appreciate it. I, honestly, the Giles's remix of the Y album made me appreciate the album so much more. And now I'm like, yeah, that's interesting to it. That's very interesting. Um, do you, how do you consume music these days, Steve? Like, for example, listening to, to those, uh, new versions, those remixes, did you, how, how did you listen to it? Uh, mostly on streaming, unfortunately, it's just a, a factor of convenience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have, uh, I have a decent vinyl collection, but, I need to really set up something in my house to, to really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like for, for you, for example, uh, um, that works and sound is extremely important to you. When, when you go listen to something, like for example, say you're picking up a record uh, like the, the White Album and you're going to sit down and listen to it. Um, mm -hmm. are, you, are you very particular with the, the, the like, with the setup that you have at home for, for, for such thing? Yes and no. Um, because I try, honestly, I try to like turn off producer brain when I get home. 
I want to just enjoy it as like I was when I was like 15 as like a fan of music. So, you know, if I, if I got too crazy with like a, an, you know, like an audio file set up at home, I mm-hmm. think it's almost just like bringing my work home with me. And I don't necessarily want to do that. I mean, half the time I listen to like your podcast, I listen to podcasts in my car because like some people go, Oh, did you listen to this? I'm like, no, because I listen to music for 12 hours a day. When I get in the car, the last thing I want to do is listen to music. I was going to you ask. Know, just, I was going to ask, like, how, how how does it work for you? Because for, for this for this specific, well, I mean, like, for this very well, same reason saying, you just like, said. Maybe it's a bad analogy for you because you're you're this crazy fitness guy. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you just went on a run and then you got back, you went on a 15k run. And you got back and then someone's like, hey, we're going on a run. You want to come? You're like, no, I just got done with the run. (laughs) 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 But then again, knowing you, you might be like, all right, I'll go for another one. (laughs) Yes, I was going to say that would probably be the case. (laughs) I know, that's what I'm saying. I say you're a bad example, but most people... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, I can only... I can only like... uh, well, imagine that after, like you said, you know, so many hours in the studio working with an artist. I mean, the, the last thing you want is actually to go back home and put on a record and listen to some music, right? You probably want to shut yeah, your... Yeah, I, to... I usually need, like, if I'm on a project, if I'm home and off for a few days, then I'll then eventually get the bug and I'll start listening to music. But generally, no, when I'm in the car, like, leaving the studio, especially after being, like, just getting your ears basically pounded for 12 hours a day. It's like, there's just no way I'm listening to music. And during this period now, during the last few months that uh, you probably, uh, like you mentioned earlier on, you didn't, you didn't have any uh, studio time as per se with bands and, and, and and work wasn't as uh, the work front wasn't as busy as, as, as usual. Um, Were you listening Mm -hmm. more to music while at home and, um, uh yeah for the, for the times i was home but um i've been working like i said i've been mixing mostly mm. i've been doing mixed projects which thankfully i'm i'm working i'm trust me i'm very grateful to be able to i mean i know a lot of my producer friends are not working at all um but yeah it's uh when, when i have to, when i have time i i have been listening do you tend to get like um for, for for specific artists, perhaps do you get to do you tend to get like influenced by uh, sounds that perhaps you 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 remember in in your head, and eventually you go and pick up the record or 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 just stream that album again, just to get on the vibe of a particular album or a particular uh, time and an era, in order to perhaps uh, not encapsulate. That's not the word, but uh, to somehow bring that sort of atmosphere to to the production in at hand yeah i mean i just kind of let i just let things flow how they are you know uh i try to take this more like sometimes i you know i I will do do my due diligence and and kind of listen to certain things or get get a vibe on something i think i think basically if i I have an idea if i have an idea like ooh, this would be good with this kind of thing and then i'll go back to something you know for listening to whatever it could be anything like Mm -hmm. just the style of music and i go oh let me listen to this and like kind of get in the mood of 
you know, without trying to like imitate what that is, yeah. just just getting in the, in a vibe. Because I, I mean, I assume that, for example, going into a project with uh, the Dillinger Escape Plan and going into and mix um, a The Cure album, for instance, you know, both both artists you worked with. Right. I mean, the 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 the, the, the um, Gosh, I completely slipped my mind now. Missed the word. The the focus, the the aura, the 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 mindset, and are very different, right? Because uh, two very completely different bands and artists. So in that sense, they I mean, are, mm. they are, but they're not because, again, uh, go back to what I was saying: is your idea, your job is to, you know, I always try to like do. I like doing stuff that's that varied and different because. The main goal is always to serve the project, no matter what. So that that's always your ultimate goal. And, you know, yes, you want to get in the vibe of that. And, but, you know, there's always that cross-contamination of a certain influence of, like, you know, I, I throughout my career, I've done a lot of, like, where it's, like, I, I, I'll bounce between a really heavy, super heavy record, and then, like, the next record will be, like, a pop record. And it's like, I love that dichotomy because the heavy thing will influence some stuff maybe in the pop record and then the pop will influence the heavy record. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's being able to, to, to work on both fronts and not being uh, just uh, specific in, in a particular, I wouldn't say a genre, but a particular you know, uh, well, line of 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 artists which are heavy artists in general. Um, I think that that, mm -hmm. that that would definitely be something that uh, kind of like I mean, being being versatile is, is is just it's just a great skill I think for for anybody. But in this in this business, in the music business, in in, in the production business, it's just uh, as crucial as in as on anything else. It, it goes back to what I think it is. Yeah. It goes back to what we were saying earlier on, the fact that uh, you being able to um, deal with all of those characters and all of these people and, and, and earning their trust. Because obviously, I mean, you, you, you do get to work with uh, artists for, you know, a one record producer uh, kind of producer, you tend to to work for for more records with the artists that you start working with, which is a clear sign mm -hmm. that you know things are working between the producer, uh, the artist, and, and 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 the end result. Not only in terms of how, because the end result, you the producer and the artist might be extremely happy with it, but if the record doesn't succeed. Unfortunately, um, you might say, well, I'm really proud of that production because it sounds really good and the artist as well. But because uh, business is business, you know, sometimes things need to go yeah. different, in a different way. But, uh, but clearly no, that's, that, that's, I'm, not, I'm, that's not what, what, what happened during your career, which is, which is great, which is amazing. Well, it's, but, it, but, it's, but it has happened as well. There's been plenty of records where it's like, man, some of my proudest records have been records that, you know, I just did one with the band. And what happens is, you know, there's also the opposite thing where it's like, I'll, I get known for a record. I'm not going to name things, but like, like, oh, that record's awesome. And it's like, and I listen to it and go like, I mean, it's a great record as far as like the songs, but like, my God, like I listen to some of my earlier work and it's like, 
it's I'm amazed that I still got hired for things because like this, you know, because the record did well, it's a, it's it's a very interesting thing that you could do a record just like if say if you were a painter, you painted this thing and you look at the painting and you go, my God, this is shit. But somebody goes, this is brilliant. And and all of a sudden you become known for this one painting and it's like you think it's the like most hideous thing in the world. But for, because somebody said it was great, all of a sudden you're known for that. And it's the same thing with I'll do a record and it's like, man, this record, it's like this record sold a ton of records, sold like a half a million copies. And it's like, you know, and then people come to you. It's like, oh, you did this record. And it's like you're you're like their good luck charm mm-hmm. as opposed to did you actually do a good job? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because it's sold, there's records that, that sound like crap, but sell, you know, sell a million records. And because the, the, the artist itself is great and he's unique and his voice is great and just the vibe is great. But technically air quotes, some, you know, we're on audio and not, not Skype, but like technically it's not a good record. I think like the production choices were not good. They were very basic. They weren't very innovative. However, because the song was good or because the artist, whatever, blows up because of whatever factor, and then you become, you know, you make you make money in royalties and you're all of a sudden everybody wants you because you're this, you're that guy who did that record and in and, and your head you're going, yeah, really? This doesn't, it's not good, but okay, I'll take it. I'm not going to turn down work. I can be like, oh, no, no, I'm a fraud. But did you have this book? Don't, don't hire me. But did, but did you but did you think at the time of the album production did you have the same feelings as you have now looking back to the particular record of which we are not naming it but like for you know because I can't I can't imagine that you're working on something and thinking to yourself yeah. oh my god I'm, I'm I'm working really hard on this but I'm I'm not happy at all with with what I'm doing here Yeah I mean like I'll 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 have a different view of it now like stepping back and going okay I can see why people gravitate towards X, this certain thing, but, and you know, like it's always, I mean, every record, every records that I'm happy with, I'll hear stuff and go, Oh, I could have done this differently. Oh, I should have done that. You know, you know, you'll never be done. That's the thing about art. Once you're past that point, as I, I always talk about this, um, it's like the, I call it, I call it the point of objectivity. It's like once it's not wrong, then what's right? Right, quote air quotes, is open to taste and interpretation. You know, there's definitely a wrong way to do something, like you're not serving it at all. But once you're past the point that it's not wrong, there's a million ways it could be right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I, I can totally relate to that in in, in various ways. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a very, very clever way to, to look at things. Absolutely. Which, uh, which brings to question, I mean, do you, uh, do you have any beliefs yourself, uh, Steve? Are you, you said that you're Jewish, but do you believe in, in, in God? In, in, do you have any particular beliefs yourself? Or do you, do you... I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a practicing Jew by any stretch. Um, I, I mean, you know, organized religion is like a, a weird thing for me, but... I just, uh, I, th- I feel that that stuff is all, you know, it's a rule book of, you know, this is how to be a, a decent person. And I just, I just try to strive to be 
a decent person. You know, and I, I, I think there is something, there is something beyond our realm of comprehension. But I don't necessarily believe it's a god or an all-knowing entity. But I think the universe itself. I think that you know, I mean, we're all just molecules, and I think our molecules are all connected in some way or another. And I think things, act, you know, there's, there's, it's just as far as like science. I think there's a, you know. Things, everything affects everything, and I do believe that. And I, I definitely believe in in uh, setting intention. And I, I, yeah, it's. That, I think that's that's as that's as broad as I can get about it. But I, th- I believe that just really trying to live your truth and setting your intention is is the way to be. That that works. That's what works for me. And I, I definitely do not ever. Uh, condemn anybody for having a religious belief. If, that, if that's what helps them, you know, be a better person, and, and that's their faith, and that's that they, that's their belief system. That's that's fantastic. And I think that everybody has their own version of what their truth is. Absolutely, I, I agree as well. Yeah, totally. It's just a, such a complex uh, subject to talk about. Uh, all the stories that we've been told uh, for generations, for hundreds and, and thousands of years, that um, you know, uh, as long as people, you know, do their best and try to be, uh, like you said, a decent human being, whatever that decent <laughs> means for the for the individual, you know. Um, it's it's definitely the way forward. It, I, I truly believe that there's a, a higher a higher power that we can't really um, comprehend in many ways, and we can in many others still. And I think mm-hmm. the, the the I've I've been learning a lot, and during this period of lockdown and uh, COVID times during 2020, um, taking a taking the time to really go deep into meditation. Which is uh, something that I've been practicing for a few years now, but like now we have a bit more time uh, in our hands. I've been really just practicing. I really do want to get into that. I yeah. really, really wanted to get. My wife is super into it. She's uh, she's been like hardcore. She's been meditating. Like she hasn't missed a day in like a hundred straight days or something like that. It's wow. Crazy. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you definitely have a, a very good example at home, and it's really, really easy. It's just setting the intention, you know, and, and creating that that space, and starting with five minutes a day, and just creating yeah, that space. Yeah, I need to start with that because I it's just my part of my problem is being able to like turn my brain off for even five minutes. <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> That's I know. You know, I want a, a, a few like a year or so ago, I was struggling to to pass the mark of, of 10 15 minutes in the morning and then a friend of mine said well there you go that's a very good sign that you need it most <laughs> you know um, yeah. and when when, yeah, when you're probably right if I, that's like that should be the indication that i should be doing it because i can't do it yeah it's it, it, it's just that we i mean the brain keeps operating from the moment that we open our eyes to the moment we go to bed and and for creative people like yourself and people working with music and relations and uh being like and obviously now with technology surrounding us uh from like our phones that we can't detach from that 
any for, for a uh, minute these I days. Need to do, be able to do that, yeah. You know, just creating the space for the mind. I mean, the, and the, the thing is as well, like going into meditation is is, is not going into because people we we. we we get uh, incentivized by result obviously we are very we do mm -hmm. things in life uh, expecting a result and and meditation is definitely something that comes there, that there's no actual result for it it's something that you will practice for a long time and after a long time that you're practicing it then you will eventually you know uh, see that there's a there's there's a sort of plenitude. There's some sort of you you, you become a bit more in control over uh, the the you know the way that the pathways that you know your mind uh, take at, at times and 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 it's not something that you will if people start meditating expecting that you know after a week or so it's like going to the gym you know people want to go on a diet they want to have the beach body for the summer that I kind of thing. just I was just thinking that same I was thinking of that analogy as well just like you said that. Your, your friend told you, oh, because the fact that you can't do it for 15 minutes is the reason why you should. It's the same thing of going to the gym. It's like, oh, I can't lift that weight. Well, maybe that's why you need to lift that weight because you can't do it. And then eventually you will be able to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I'm, firm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, uh, more and more like creating... I think it, it brings you discipline. Everything that you kind of like, like exercise, for example, um, it's something yeah, that's that a big you, one for me, for sure. It you know, it's something that um, the more you do it, the benefits are always there. You're never gonna go for a jog or or, or do a twenty minute ride on the bike and, and in the end feel bad. That's never that never happens. You regret it, yeah. You never gonna regret it. The, the, the memes like I regret that workout. Said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> it never happens, you know. And but but for you to never. to to do it, it's always challenging. It's always challenging. I mean, mm -hmm. whenever I go for a run, there's not one single run, even the ones that I'm really looking forward to, it, that takes convincing, takes work within myself to go out and do it. Right. You know, because uh, we we tend to be um, lazy in many ways. We human beings, we, we we were not like this for for thousands of years, but for hundreds of years we've we 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 are becoming uh, lazier and lazier. And with technology nowadays, that you can just lift your phone and call for food and watch something on the television and and things like that. I mean. Things are just becoming way too easy. We have cars. We have ways to to move from A to B that are so much like, um, so I mean, so more convenient in many ways. But then on the other hand, uh, putting everyone in a position where you know diabetes is a big killing factor in the world and obesity is just uh, going to uh, like crazy in america and the united kingdom and in several parts of the world it's just a big big thing even more than uh, than covid if if we were to if we were to make a comparison in terms of like what, what what's worse you know what's obviously very two different right. things you know all, and they say all those things are a factor for if you get covid if you're going to get more sick yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're gonna be able to kick it easily. So. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, when we were at six or six last year during the Eagle Kill Talent uh, production, the the the, the album mm -hmm. that we were doing it. Um, and I remember you saying that uh, you you you've been vegan for 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 a while, haven't you? Uh, I wasn't really totally vegan then. I ate vegan a lot, 
but I've ba- basically been almost a year. It's and and I've had a few things like I've had eggs a few times, and I've had fish like probably like four times in a total year. But aside from that, I've had I got no dairy, no no actual cheese or milk or anything like that for a year. Wow! And you know. 95% of everything, like I said, besides the, the, the handful of times I've had eggs and like the four times I've had, I've had a piece of fish like a piece of sushi. Uh, that's been it. It's been, I've been basically vegan for, for since it'll, next month, it'll be a year. Why did you make this decision? Um, Steve, what was the reason for, for, for the decision was based on, 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 on health was, uh, uh, animal, uh, animal wealth or what's animal welfare. It's both. it's both like once after, especially after getting our, our, our puppy, our dog, just the, just the, the amount of like love and compassion, the amount of love and empathy that that little creature shows us, you know, it's just like, I just can't pick, imagine and I have friends like Doug Ben from Dillinger. He has a, an animal rescue, like a farm now, him and his wife. And uh, like they don't, you know, same thing. It's like they're, they're friends. With, they have like a turkey. Like the turkey on their farm is like he's like affection. He comes over and like, you know, rests his head on your on your lap when, you, when you walk, he walks up to you. It's just like how could you possibly think about like chopping that thing's head off and like carving it up? It's just – crazy it's crazy yeah. how we how we deal with animals in, in in different ways right you look at at a puppy and and you would never consider uh, eating that animal but then cows and pigs no, but and... Then, right but cow but what's the difference right and then like you know in some countries a dog people still eat dog like they have mm-hmm. dog meat festivals you know like mm-hmm. it's like it's crazy like i can i can imagine my dog like being on us you know like Oh, just it's it's just whatever it's you know and then uh, you know just some of the some of the movies i've seen like the game changers movies have you seen that one yeah i did did you watch game changers yep mm-hmm. that was one that was really i think that was the one that really kicked it in for me yeah it's it's really good there's and, a, uh, there's, a, there's a, um um the one that really made me like make changes on my life drastic changes on my life i mean i've been um, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I don't give myself a, a title. I, I always say that, um, I'm, I'm like 80%, um, vegan and 15 vegetarian and maybe 5%, you know, um, I will consume, um, animal produce as, uh, and by animal produce, I mean like red meat on occasion, you know, uh, but it's definitely not something right. that I have it at home. I don't, I don't cook uh, meat at home. I don't but have that. But that's the other thing too. Also, you know, it's, it's so interesting that, you know, I mean like you growing up and being Brazilian, I mean, you know, most South American countries, it's, it's such a meat based it's like part of the culture totally like just i mean u.s is u.s is true but like you know you have churrasco and like oh that's yeah like, you know. oh yeah where me and jonathan grew up in the very south of brazil it was it's just part of the culture it's very difficult for people to uh, to get into their minds that uh, they are doing something that um that's not the right way. That's not the the, the, the path to go. You know, it's very very yeah, difficult for people to comprehend. It's like a gaucho. You know, it's like yeah. crazy. You know, yeah, it's. It, I mean, I grew up like eating, 
meet on lunchtime and in the evening like almost every single day you know so uh it, it was it, for me it was um it was a big turn when when i watched i'm just trying to remember the name of the documentary now it's a very famous one that changed a lot a, a lot of people's minds in 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 regards of this subject um he will come to me at Forks some point knives? it wasn't forks over knives no um what's the name of that one jesus christ can't remember it now it will come to me at some point but uh, but that changed a lot okay. and i went through a period where i was definitely 100 percent not consuming any animal produce but then the more i read about the more i read about the more i get an understanding of evolution the evolution aspect of us human beings where we come where do we come from and and how do we get here how our brains evolved and and how our bio biology operates and things like that i'm 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 more and more convinced that there is room for for us to consume certain products with a lot of moderation, a lot of moderation. But unfortunately, the world we live in, the industry that um, is behind all of this, all of the animal products. Well, that's, that, that's, a, that's a big problem. That, that it is a massive like, problem. More, 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 more. Exactly, just... exactly. Because of that... We kind of have to take a serious. Uh, we we have to ourselves uh, step back and literally uh, press stop. You know, there's no other way because unfortunately, if you just try to take into mother be more just you know just trying to do what I'm doing basically, uh, consume stuff with moderation, not being complete. Like for example, if when I go visit my family in the south of Brazil, back a few years ago, it would be like the first meal would be a big barbecue. And for the last three years mm -hmm. that I went visiting them, um, I didn't have uh, any meat. For like last year was the first time after three years that I actually had one barbecue with them after staying with them for like three weeks. So the last day that mm -hmm. we were together, we had the barbecue, and I joined the barbecue, and I enjoyed the barbecue, you know, and I appreciated the barbecue, and it, and it was a a, a a bonding moment. It was a great family moment. It was it was a great thing, and I kind of like tried to. Um, see it in that way if you know what i mean and uh but i totally i mean when people say that it's very difficult to not consume those those products in order to uh, be for example an athlete or to, in order to perform then I, I i can't agree with that because it's it's total bullshit if you know how to supplement in the right way if you know how to yeah. eat the right things it's actually much cheaper and, and as good as you know I just made it's like cheaper. it's actually that's the that's the crazy thing is it's actually way cheaper to eat vegan uh, if you do it right if you're buying all sorts of just the fake meats and stuff like that they're expensive mm -hmm. um, but I mean just <laughs> vegetables and beans are vegetables pretty damn beans. cheap in bulk exactly exactly beans nuts it's just it's just amazing I'm I'm a I'm a big um, ambassador of smoothies you know. I did, I did. I do make a lot yeah. of smoothies. I drink smoothies every single day. Yeah, and... I remember. <laughs> yeah, I and remember whenever you, in the smoothies. When I... <laughs> you made me a couple of them. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's just like something that it's oh, so easy to it's del it's it's delicious and it's so easy to make and it it has so many nutrients, uh, bioavailable on that um, very easily digestible by your organism as well. All the, the the nutrients are very easily absorbed by your organism. It's just one of those things that I can't. Um, 
I can't really understand why we are not more encouraged to to consume those things, especially like on on the COVID era, because uh, during this year we've we've been hearing about wash your hands and social distance and this and that but how many people were telling you about uh, empowering your immune system with vitamin D with maybe uh, taking just basic stuff like honey and drinking uh, 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 lemon juice and adding uh, turmeric to your diet and black pepper and, and like you know basic health stuff that will just empower your immune system I didn't get to see a lot of that you know so it's it's a, it's interesting how um, society and and, and 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 obviously mainly governments deal with 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 those issues. Which brings me the question of like you've been you said that you've been working a lot, Steve. We've been very lucky to work a lot during this period. But I but I but I I, I presume that you you've had also some I mean more time on your hands than than usual, right? And, oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Have you have you been doing anything like with with say the extra time that you find here and there? Uh, well, <laughs> aside from planning and getting married, um, did you have any? Did you did you do anything else that um, normally you wouldn't have the time for it? Not really. Um, it's just I've been you know like I said I've been working fairly steadily. Um, but there's also, you know, in California, like so much stuff, there's things are starting to open up again, but things were just like sh shut down. You couldn't even go to the beach. You couldn't go anywhere. So it was like, you could take a drive in your car. <laughs> That's about it. There's not a lot to do. Really? It was like a full lockdown over there. Uh, I mean, like it wasn't so, so much a full lockdown, but like, Restaurants weren't open. Museums aren't open. Shopping centers aren't open. Like you know, parks aren't open. How were you doing State for food parks. on 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 the early days of this whole crisis? Were you guys just uh, ordering online and getting food deliveries at home? How how did you do for groceries? We were getting grocery deliveries at home. Now we're going to the we're going to the store. You know, trying to just go like on off peak hours when it's not too crowded, but. For for until like really like about a month and a half ago, we were just doing we were getting grocery deliveries constantly, mm -hmm. and just getting it brought to the house, yeah. and just cooking pretty much every meal at home. Right. And then when I go to the studio, I would even bring I just you know my wife would cook something or I'd make something and just bring it to the studio. Um, you it's are... actually saved a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> amazing how much money we spend. Amazing how much money we realized. Not even thinking about it, but how much money I would spend eating out constantly. Yeah, no, it's so. it's, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely eating at home is uh, um, obviously healthier as well because you know exactly what you put oh, in yeah. your mouth and what you're using yeah, to cook. Yeah, my, my my wife makes smoothies basically every day too, so she. Ah, yes. That's I'm I'm glad to hear it. I think we were talking uh, uh, the other day about uh, the Garden of Life, right? That brand that um, uh, that yeah. I used the meal re replacement and oh yeah, and you mentioned it to me that you you had it at home. It's it's just like a game changer. I think those things are like accessible to everyone, you know. And um, it's just one shake a day that you do it here and there, and it's it's a, it's a step uh, uh, towards you know being a healthier person you know um oh yeah i mean it's got the full amino acid and you've been doing your, like everything you've been doing uh the peloton bike these days right yes uh, yeah thank 
thank goodness we got the Peloton, like, because the gyms aren't open here. And I'm not much of, I've never been much of a, since, at least since high school, I, I, you know, my knees, I'm an older, I'm an older guy. So my knees don't really like to, to run so much. Um, I could do like power walking on the treadmill and everything, but not as far as like full on running, I'm not really doing too much of that these days. So the Peloton is a, is a great, uh, is a great alternative for me. Amazing. How, uh, how many times are you trying to, to do, uh, for a week? Uh, ultimately try to try to do five, five days a week. Amazing. Amazing. That's really good. Do you, um, do you buy records yourself, Steve? I know we were talking earlier on that you mentioned that you, you know, mm -hmm. do most streaming, but is it, is it something, is it something that, yeah, is it something that you kind of like enjoy? Like, you know, I, I asked oh, yeah. that because I I'm mean, a big, again, again, but the, you know, just, just recently, like record stores are open again. You know, so because mm. uh, you you mentioned that you have like a big collection, right? I have I I have a I have a, a nice size collection, not like crazy. Like I used to have a really big collection, and I got rid of it all back in like God the mid nineties when I'm uh, whatever. It's a long story, but I I got rid of it and then I regretted it afterwards. Um. I would have a huge record collection if I if I never got rid of mine. Wow, but, I can only imagine the, the gems that you probably sold back yeah, then. Yeah, there's a there's a great great record store uh, really close to me in Long Beach called Fingerprints. That's like really awesome. I mean, it's you know if, if you, I don't know if you were, do you ever, do you get a chance to go to Amoeba when you were in LA? I haven't no. Uh, Amoeba was the Amoeba's like the you know. Oh, of course! No, no, no! Of course I did. Amoeba, of course I did. Yes, absolutely. I okay. always stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the record parlor uh, is a great one this, as well. Yeah, but the fingerprints in Long Beach is a is a really great one too. It's not nearly as big as Amoeba, but it's pretty awesome, and they got lots of great old used vinyl. And I definitely it's, it's want awesome. to go They've to that one. They've got lots of different things in there. Yeah, I'll definitely, definitely, definitely to make a pit stop there um, next time that I'm in Los Angeles. Which fuck, man, I'd love to to go there soon. This year we were supposed to be there during the whole of May, and uh, it was crazy what happened. You know, I mean, we were like planning the whole of 2020, and we had so much I stuff. I was planned. looking forward to see everybody, and John was supposed to move here with his family. Yeah, and like you know, yeah. It was absolutely yeah. crazy, absolutely crazy. Everything that you know we had planned, and now it's all. I mean, some stuff is postponed, some stuff is, um, you know, on the works for next year. But then again, we we just don't know. I, I've just literally we 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 confirmed the tour with. Um, I confirmed the tour with Phil X from Bon Jovi again to April. But like, I mean, God knows what's gonna happen without a vaccine. Nothing's going to happen. Well, I think we're going to, the vaccine, there's so many people making one. I think we're going to, I think we'll be, we'll be getting back to normal by, by the end of spring next year. So fingers crossed. I think that's going to fingers crossed, but I, I, I'm fairly confident that they're going to start getting back to normal by, uh, as long as it doesn't get out of control in the winter time, mm -hmm. like you're just, uh, well, no, you're in London. Yeah. You're, so I mean, Brazil is God. I mean, I know you've talked to people. Like Brazil is so bad right now. Yeah, it's they're crazy. like 
they're number two behind the U.S. and the amount of people that you know the disease. It's like it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And when I talk to Jean, they're like, yeah, people are just like acting like there's not. It's like it's 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 like here. It's the same thing. Like people just like oh whatever. It's no big deal. And it's like it is a big deal, and it shouldn't turn into politics. This is a, a, a health and human you know human safety issue. This should the, the the shame on everybody on both sides uh, for us the two parties shame on everybody for politicizing this on, on either side. Uh, it's this should this is basic human rights. Like everybody should have a be able to to no matter who's in charge of the country, people have have a right to to feel to feel like their health you know to not feel threatened by their health. Definitely. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's it's just it's gotten so out of control with the, the confluence of everything with social media and the, and the news and you know it's just there's so much misinformation. I don't even know. I I, I definitely don't claim to know at all about anything. You know what I mean? But mm. it's just like why can't we just get to the damn truth and just everybody just be safe? Yeah, I just don't understand why why this is even an issue for anybody to like like is wearing a mask really that an infringement on your personal rights? I'm sorry, it's just like if it's if if it's there's even a remote chance that it's gonna help save the health of somebody around you, why wouldn't you do it? Exactly, exactly. With I was on the phone today with uh, with Raphael and Jonathan and. And we're just talking, oh, cool. and, yeah, exactly. About, we're just discussing the same thing, you know, because uh, I just came back from Italy and my experience there was that uh, people are living life as normal, but, but like face covering and face mask are just something that is just part of, 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 of daily life these days. You know, you can't enter a building or take a lift to without wearing one you don't go anywhere without wearing one and then certain places uh, like munich in germany from this thursday they will be it will be mandatory for people to use on busy streets as well even though it's outdoors you know well that's uh that's in, in los angeles county here uh it's mandatory to wear it outside oh is it it is oh wow i didn't know that but are the beaches open reopen again yes but you have to same thing. You got to wear a mask. You got to be distant. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, it's the only, it's the very it's, it's the bare minimum that we can do. Just like you said, you know, if there's a slight chance that this will prevent, and it does make sense when you think about it, right? Because if you if you're wearing a mask and you just put your hand in front of your mouth, you can feel there is the track. It's 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 it, you know that if anything that is coming out of your mouth because you know sometimes you know it does uh it won't reach anyone it just stays on that on that thing because it's an extra layer it's an extra thing to protect and and, and not um spread um this virus of which you know so many people will argue about it and and i do have my strong opinion it's... about it um and from, yeah. from experience and from from people around me that uh, that, that had uh, the 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 COVID nineteen virus on the system and how it played and out. You had it. I've had it back in March, exactly. And, exactly. and you know, it's it's just like um, I don't know. I don't want to get into into my uh, very strong 
uh, opinionated side here, but uh, but you know we gotta do what we gotta do and try and hope for the vaccine to really really uh, come through and work. So uh, life can you know resume normalcy because my goodness. Yes. It, I would like to get back to my normal life. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 100%. Steve, just winding down the conversation here, I have uh, just yep. a, a few uh, last questions for you. Um, sure. Do you have or follow any morning routines yourself? Uh, besides wake up, have coffee, and then get on the Peloton and play with my dog? No, that's my morning routine. There you go, but that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you try and do that? Uh, uh, like, uh, is it something? When I ask in terms of routine, is it something that you that you do it like consistency, consistently? Yeah, that's generally the thing. And back when gyms were open in LA, which they're not still, uh, you know, even when I would, before we had a Peloton, I would always do cardio in the morning, and then I would I would go like after this. Even when I was doing like Eager Kill, I was I would go to the gym after my session late night was like we had 24 hour gyms here i remember uh, that and i would lift i would lift weights late at night i remember that um, and i was even thinking even for myself i was like fuck me that's crazy you would work all day long and we would leave the studio so late and you're like i'm going to the gym now i'm like what yep. <laughs> yeah because for me with all the stress you put your body through and sitting in front of that console all day and just stretching and just weird, like contorting your body. It's just like a, it's, 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 it's to counteract the damage I do from sitting in front of a, a console on a, in a screen all day. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's to me, it was maintenance and it was also a de-stress like, you know, just recording. I love what I do. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it can be stressful. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's I need to do that, but I couldn't do cardio late at night because if I do cardio late at night, I'll stay up. Right. If I do weights and then like have a protein shake afterwards, I'll I'll, I'll sleep like a like a baby. It's mm -hmm. like it, it, that's what worked for me. That's what always I've always been more of a night owl anyway. But I can't do cardio late at night because if I want to like wind down, it's not good. But cardio in the morning is great. Get the blood flowing. Right. And kind of sets up my day so i'm assuming even hopefully that when we uh the gyms are back open actually they're actually are open by my studio which is in orange county so orange county is open but la county is not where i live in long beach that's los angeles county mm -hmm. but my studio is is orange county and that is i can actually actually go to the gym but i'm still a little sketchy about it yeah, same here. I, just, uh, I, I didn't. Re yeah. I didn't. Re I didn't but go back I, to the gym. I, I, I am very much looking forward to lifting weights again. Like uh, I, I haven't basically haven't done it all year, which is crazy. But you know what? I've got a couple of dumbbells at home. With uh... I do too. I have that, but I mean, like, I need to like. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to have a giant weight set in my house. You know what I mean? Right. Or, you know. My my wife and I are in a two bedroom flat. There's and the, the the second bedroom is where the Peloton is. It's also where my wife she's been working from home since March, mm -hmm. uh, where that's her office set up. So it's you know we have limited space. Yeah. So uh, I we have I have like three different sets of dumbbells. But I mean, it saved me. It really pounds, saved me. It you know? really saved me during the last few months. Just. I mean, just doing the very basics at home. I mean, it really, really 
uh, got me through it. That right oh, now, sure. yeah, I'm, I'm even considering not going back uh, till things really get normalized. You know, um, mm -hmm. just like minimalizing, you know, exposure to to anything. Even though um, I, you know, I'm I'm quite relaxed in regards of it because I've had it back in you March. Had it. Exactly, and, yeah, I, and, and had it. exactly, and I don't think that. Um, I don't think you know uh, you you can. There's not. I mean, there's there's talks here and there of people that that had it again after having it uh, before, and I just don't see it that. I don't see that that's a real actual possibility. But and again, I mean, I don't want to keep playing uh, too much with it. Yeah, you don't you don't want to play Russian roulette. Either. Exactly, no Russian roulette. No, let's let's not leave that for. For the others, not for myself. Um, Steve, right. what do you do to unwind? What's uh, the perfect lazy day on your books? Uh, lazy day is hanging with my wife and my dog and watching TV, watching a good, watching a good movie. You know, taking a ride with them. When we can go to, to, we have a park that is open by us. That's a small. It's not like a state park. So there's like a little city park that's open for us. So sometimes we'll go and kind of pack some food and have a little picnic out there. To me, that's, that's, that's all I need. Amazing. Steve, my friend, it was good to talk to you. I barely scratched the surface. Oh, I mean, I would love, I, I, I would love to do like a part two because I would love to talk about records that you produce sure. that I really love. Like, I mean, Story I of the would, Year I in I the Wake of Determination is a record that I really, really like. The Used Birth, oh, awesome. I really love that record too. Um, the Architects, you know, the um, uh, the Here and Now. What a great, great record. I mean, there's so much stuff that, you know, I would like. I mean, we didn't even talk about, like, music business and 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 how uh, yeah. deals have changed during the 90s and, and during the 2000s. And we didn't even talk about Ego Kill Talent. So maybe there's there's that, so maybe there's room for, 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 for a round two for this conversation in the future. I'm that sounds great to me. Amazing. You just let me know and we can, we'll make it happen. I'm amazing steve thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it and uh, if people want to awesome. get in touch with you what's your instagram uh, or if somebody is interested in contacting you for for work instagram, how do you how do you deal with that yeah instagram is uh steve evitz just s-t-e-v-e-v-e-t-t-s um email for to contact me directly uh, is Steve Evitz Music, S T E V E E V E T T S, music, M U S I C, at Gmail. Um, also, you can, there's also uh, contacting, wait a second, let's have a look at this thing. Uh, you can uh, contact, uh, go to self titled management, S C L F T I T L E D M G M T dot com. That's a, uh, the, the company that represents me and there's actually my discography on there, but they can also email my manager, John Minardi, uh, either way, uh, to get in touch with me. That would be great. Or, or DM me on Instagram, DM me on Twitter at Steve Evitz. Same thing. Amazing. Thanks a lot for your time, Steve. And I'll speak to you soon, my friend. Sounds good, man. Ciao. Ciao. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation, this podcast, as much as I did doing it. So, if that's the case, please do follow on Instagram at RollerCoasterCarl, myself at Carl Casagrande, 
on Twitter, same thing. Facebook, same thing. Uh, do subscribe. Do subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify. That's very, very much appreciated. Thank you and have a great, great day. Cheers. Bye-bye.